0: Welcome to 15 minutes of mental toughness with your host Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The hinge, it connects who we are with who we become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob What's hard for you right now in life? Like, what are you struggling with? And it's just really trying to get cut to the chase there and trying to identify. And I think that that's a great way to kind of start to build a relationship. This
1: podcast, 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness, is brought to you by our sponsor, SOS Rehydrate. It's an organic drink mix as effective as an IV drip. It's proven by science and used by elite athletes because only the best will do for elite athletic performance. So for all your hydration needs, our listeners today get 15% off if you enter the code mental Toughness at INEEDSOS.COM This episode is brought to you by Some Sleep. Go to getSum.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-M.com. We all deserve a better night's sleep. You drink one can 30 minutes before bed, and it's that simple. This awesome blend lets you not only fall asleep fast, but then wake up feeling absolutely refreshed, not hungover or foggy. You're going to absolutely love this product. And in fact, if you go to GetSome.com and enter in the promo code Doctor Rob Bell D-R-R-O-B-B-E-L-L, you get 10% off. Guarantee you're gonna love this product. Go there right away. So my guest today on 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness, we actually met at a conference. I was really excited about that because we had kind of communicated a little bit on social media, but then when you get to meet him face to face, it's great. I mean, this is a great guy we have today. Uh, He's coached for over a decade and then he started his own consulting business in 2017. Um, Knew he wanted to be part of the solution. Like he said, the current crisis in our sporting culture, which I agree with him. He founded Thrive On Challenge, which works with coaches, athletes, and parents, really at every level in every sport. And what he is focused on is the personal mentorship on their journey to help them become transformational leaders and build remarkable cultures. And it's really a good time that I have him on today because he has a brand new book out and it's called Calling Up, Discovering Your Journey to Transformational
0: Leadership.
1: My guest, our guest today, J.P. Irvine. J.P., how are you, brother?
0: Great, man. It's awesome to be here, and uh, it's a great time meeting you out in Boulder there last summer.
1: Let's start out with the question we always ask all our guests, man. what What is mental toughness?
0: Yeah, so I define mental toughness as, first, our ability to really shift our focus from the uncontrollables to the controllables. Right? So we all at some stage are gonna be focusing on things we can't control. Uh, no matter what happens out there, we're always gonna have some focus there. And so how quickly can we move our focus from the uncontrollables to the controllables? And this can be in you know, sports, on the field, on the court, but also just in life, right? Uh, and then the second part of this is, as my mentor Jamie Gilbert said, uh, which is to really act in accordance with our principles not with our feelings or our circumstances, right? To act in accordance with our principles, not our feelings or our circumstances. So once we are focused on the controllables, then we have to have the strength, the character, the fortitude to be able to choose and to do what is right. Um, and that's really, really challenging, um, obviously when emotions involve for, for an athlete, but also for a coach as well, uh, faced with all the different circumstances and conflicts, uh, that can happen throughout their career, their season, um, and a game, and a practice, and it's being able to live by those principles.
1: What What's an example like with somebody listening? And they're like, "Well, well, how do you how do you focus on the controllables when when things
0: are going really, really bad?" What's something that you do? Yeah. Um, so, as a coach, for me, I was incredibly emotional. Right, I was a very emotional coach. I was a wear my heart on my sleeve type of coach for years. And I often use that as a justification for some of my responses. right? And so my sideline behavior was uh, at times atrocious. And um, I always kind of came up with various justifications. Oh, I'm just an emotional guy. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm not as bad as other coaches out there. I had all these different justifications. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of stepped back. And one thing I did was I started to record myself with uh, video and also started to record myself audio and just listening to myself. And when I did that, uh, two things I kind of observed. One is I was embarrassed. I was really embarrassed by my behavior. And the second thing is I started to see how so much of what I said was unimportant. It was unessential. It was a distraction. I was so much focused on you know, what, I, I wasn't focused on what I could control. And so just first off was having that awareness and then the second thing I started to do uh, was start to implement various systems and principles in place. For instance, um, you know, for a span of 10 games, I had a note card in my pocket and I started to chart essentially everything that I said with just a little check mark as whether it was positive, negative or neutral. You know, was I, was I just giving uh, positive encouragement to athletes? Was I saying something negative? Uh, Or was I just having neutral kind of what I call notifications, just letting people know something's going out there, just giving some direction and instruction? And so I started to become very intentional in what I was saying there. And when I started to do that, I wasn't focused on so much my anger or my upset or the referees or the players not doing what I I was doing, What, what what the players weren't doing that I was asking them to do. But I started to really focus on my behaviors and their impact on other people. And that's what I could control, right? I couldn't control the referees. I couldn't control the fact that my player was giving really poor effort. The only thing I could control was my response. And I really started to chart that. So that was one little training tool that I started to do. I love that, man. I mean, I would
1: imagine you as a coach be saying anything not profound and, and, quote, worthy, right, in the middle of a game. that's That's fascinating <laughs> that, that you would find things that you found that just didn't even help the situation. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think my assistants, they knew what I was kind of doing. They kind of laughed. They thought I was a little over the top. Um, but, boy, the shift in my behavior was dramatic uh, because I did that short activity. And, uh, and, you know, and it really does cause you to be more intentional because every time you say something, you have to literally, you know, pull up. Just, it takes three seconds, um, but you're, you're reflecting. Okay, what did I just say there? And then too often, uh, we get caught up in emotions. So it's just a cool way to train yourself.
1: I would see that as a, a great training
0: tool for parents as well, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I might have to employ that someday when my kids are grown up and they're competing and I'm in the stands, you know, I might have to really step back and reflect on that as well. So you have a new
1: book. It's called calling up, discovering your journey to transformational leadership. Talk about, uh, the impetus. Uh, why, why did you write this book?
0: I wrote it because, I'm an average coach, like I'm just normal coach. I think most books we read are by like great coaches. And I felt, you know, this kind of comes back to just how I started Thrive On Challenge. People started to connect with me because I had a normal journey, right? Like I didn't, I still haven't like won the big one. I haven't won the national championship, the state championship, I have, I don't have that on my resume. What I do have on there is I've gone through the struggle. Um, like there's so many other coaches I've gone through. And so I, that was kind of the first reasons is I, I felt like coaches needed to hear it from just a normal old coach, right? And the other thing I wrote was I really wanted to essentially I had kind of gone through this experience and I wanted to share my experience, what I had learned, um, and write the book that I needed to read 15 years ago, and write the book that I needed to read today. Like I still re- you know read over some chapters. Like man, I, I really need to listen. You know, I need to listen to my own advice a little bit more here. And so, uh, and that was kind of the second thing. And I, I kind of decided to go with a format that was incredibly challenging for me, which was a fable, you know, type story of a fictionalized character, you know, of a coach. Much of his story is my story, but it's also the story of so many other coaches out there. And so, by creating creating this kind of parable. I was able to do two things. One is kind of have a more engaging story for coaches that don't read a whole lot. Like I read over 50 books a year, I can go through nonfiction, So it kind of appeals to both sides of coaches that read a lot of nonfiction and coaches that don't necessarily pick up a lot of books. Uh, but also to demonstrate some of these systems and to kind of show some of these systems in action. Right? I think so often we read books, they talk about these principles, they talk about these strategies, but we don't see them in action. And so we have a hard time seeing how we could apply them to our context. And so the, through this fictionalized parable, uh, this this fable, I'm able to demonstrate what this could potentially look like in practice or within your own life of how to apply these strategies and principles.
1: And so if you can elaborate on that, like what would be a system that we could put into place in, in terms of like transformational leadership? What's an example?
0: Yeah, so I- Yeah, so I gave you one kind of there for the personal coach. So this kind of the book has kind of the, as Joe Ehrman calls the inside out, the inside out in his book, Inside Out Coaching. There's the inside process, right? So I got to first focus on retraining myself as a leader. You know, uh, that activity I just shared, um, journaling, um, you know, commitments to reading. There's different systems there that I kind of dive into about how to apply that. But then there's also like some of these outside systems. So how we build our culture. Uh, So this can be things like competitive cauldrons. It can also be, um, a selection process, being very intentional uh, in our selection process of making it kind of a hell week, as people like to call, really putting people through tough, uh, tough challenges physically in a way that they're broken into small groups um, rather than just everyone's on them isolated. And this is kind of relying on a lot of the research around the Navy SEALs and their selection process. So there's, it dives into that. Uh, there's an example of that as well. Um, also just various processes to improve your timeouts, your halftimes, your team talks. Um, instead of you always giving a pregame talk, starting to empower the, the leaders on your team and helping them to communicate what's important, to choose an emphasis of that game or that that match. And so there's a variety of uh, strategies and principles there as, as well. I know that's that's one thing that we've
1: spoken about before is allowing players their voice because they're the ones that also drive the culture is that something that do you you really touch upon with with coaches is giving up that control and giving it to their players to take more ownership
0: yeah and absolutely i, I that's it and i think the biggest way we do this um, is a shift in our language it's like being really intentional in our language i think so often um, we try to do it from big grand acts, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm gonna give you this, you're gonna run the practice today, or you can run you, know, you can run this team meeting, or you know, like, and I think those things are good, but we haven't trained them and prepared them to thrive in those situations. And so the most simple thing is to lead with questions. Leading with questions, I think too often, we kind of come in there, we offer solutions, we give feedback, and if we can use questions to get players to help themselves to self-evaluate, kind of reflect, And then use questions to get them to come up with an actionable plan that they could take to improve on their strategy, their technique, the tactical, technical, even the cultural aspect of how they can improve the team culture and the experience. Um, They're going to come up with sometimes the same suggestions we would have provided for them. And they'll just be more bought in because it came from themselves. Or even sometimes they're going to come up with suggestions that are even better than what we would have offered.
1: So... Coach JP, with your book, Calling Up, um, and I don't want you to give away the book, of course, but I mean, I'm i am always, a, I know there's tons of good stuff in that. What would, be, give us a question. Like what's what's something that you see that we just, we, we don't ask the right questions and we're just input. Like what's, what's a way we could change that by asking a good question?
0: Yeah, I think, um, especially when it comes to like relationship building, I think sometimes uh, we kind of come into those relationships with our athletes, and we really focus on the athlete instead of the person. And we even talk about with them about like, hey, what are you what are you struggling with this season? And we always make it about their, the sport. And I think one of the just my favorite questions as a coach to ask one of our players is, what's hard for you right now in life? Like, what are you struggling with? And it's just really trying to get cut to the chase there and trying to identify. And I think that that's a great way to kind of start to build the relationship. Some other questions can be like, say, at halftime, um, instead of coming in there at, at a halftime of a game or a match and coming in with all the solutions and what we need to improve upon, have three questions that you post on the board in the locker room. And it just says, you know, what's happening out there? Why is it happening? And how can we improve on it? Now you can. That's sometimes too broad and too general, especially for certain people. So you might have had already asked them before the game, "What's what do we need to do well today to be at our best?" And so you, they've identified that, and then you can come back at halftime and say, "Hey, how how do we do in those things? Like so, in those two or three areas, those two three emphasis, what happened? Right? Why did it happen? And how can we?" improve upon it or sustain it, right? Because it doesn't always want to be negative, right? So sometimes they may have done really well at a certain emphasis in that sport.
1: You know, with, with your book and Transformational Leadership, I mean, and, and I just assume that asking those questions that leads to building up the culture. When, in all your experience, where, where do most coaches miss in building a culture? Where do they, where's, what's the biggest mistake that you see that happens?
0: Um, most definitely they focus too much on trying to change the players without a doubt. Um, it's always focusing on changing the players. This is kind of the, one of my number one questions I ask coaches, if you could change one thing about your culture, one thing about your team, one thing about your program to make it a better program, a better team, a better culture, what, what would it be? And often coaches say, well, we would have better leaders, Um, we'd have, you know, more higher character, we need more talent, all these type of things. And my answer to that is, no, it's got to be you. The only thing you can change is you. The only thing I can change is me, the way that I operate. And so, so often we're focusing on the deficiencies and the lack of leadership, the lack of character, lack of mental toughness in our athletes. And so my challenge to coaches is start with yourself. How mentally tough are you? Are you a great model in mental toughness when it comes to growth mindset. Do you model a growth mindset? Do you model the willingness to learn and to grow? Do you model the the, uh, the willingness to be vulnerable, to share uh in your struggles with your athletes? And that's where so often this is the difference between calling up and calling out, right? Where I get the title of my book. When I'm calling someone out, I'm sitting there, I'm pointing out what's wrong, all these things that they're deficient at, I'm offering constant flurries of feedback. When I call when I'm calling someone up, I'm getting in the trenches with them. I'm walking with them. We're in this together, right? And so, as a coach, no matter what sport you are in, we're in this together, right? I'm trying to grow as a coach. You're trying to grow as a young man or a young woman or who, you know, wherever you are in that, we're trying to grow. And so, it's getting in there together with them. And it's not about me trying to change you. I can only invite you to change, I can't change you
1: you know with the example that you posted earlier i mean when you had a note card you talked about you know if what you said was positive negative or, or a notification it this sounds very simple to do why do you think coaches don't do this
0: because they're too caught up and and really operating the way that we've seen all our lives and what we see on tv and with what's comfortable Right? it's comfortable to just be like every other coach out there. It's comfortable just to go back to our default mode of operation. Growing up, I had a coach in high school. And I remember he was a real, a real yeller and a screamer. And um, One game, he decided he didn't tell us this, but he decided he was going to try to be more positive. The whole first half basketball game, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't yell, he doesn't scream, he doesn't, doesn't really get in our face, none of that. Halftime, he loses it. He says, "You know, I've tried. I, this just isn't me. I can't. I can't. I, I can't be more positive. I just. This isn't me. I can't change." And it comes back to this whole like, you know, how could he expect us to change? How could he expect me to be more mentally tough if he wasn't willing to change? And I think so often people don't do things like that because it seems like too labor intensive. Oh, I don't have time for that. I need to be focused on strategy. All that other stuff is secondary. The most important thing is who we are as a leader. Everything else is secondary. And if we don't figure out if we can't become a better person, then we can't become a better coach.
1: With um with with this podcast, one of the things we always talk about, Coach JP, is the hinge moments. That one moment, one person, one decision or one event that makes all the difference in our lives. Share with us, what what was your hinge moment? Or one of
0: them. Yes. Yeah, for me as a coach, you know, I'd coached for years. I loved it. I got into it for all the right reasons. I don't think, I think 99.9% of coaches are in it for the right reasons. We get into it because we want to make a difference. But uh, over time, about 10 years into it, I realized I'm not very intentional about making a difference in young people's lives and the people that I'm coaching's lives. I'm just kind of hoping that it happens. And so I decided I was going to become more intentional in it. And I kind of went through a process. Uh, I've mentioned his name before, Jamie Gilbert. He helped uh, co-write Burn Your Goals and uh, he worked with me and I kind of went going into this uh, another season after I worked with Jamie. And I had chosen before that year to become intentional about building character and leadership. And I also chosen that I decided like that I was going to believe that my value came from who I was as a person that season. Right? how the impact I had on other people, who how I operated as a person. I wasn't gonna decide my on my value, that my value came from my ability as a coach, you know, how tactically or technically strong I was. I wasn't gonna focus on my achievements, my wins or losses. I wasn't gonna focus on my acknowledgement, like what other people said or thought about me. And I wasn't gonna focus on my authority, like the, you know, what level I'm at, right? Or what level of coaching I'm at. I was I I told myself I was committed to the process like putting character first and becoming a better coach and a better becoming a better person, but when I did that, various circumstances came into play that had this perfect storm of like essentially one of the worst starts. It was the worst start in my coaching history, right? As far as the wins and losses, um, it was an incredibly challenging year to begin with. In those four areas I mentioned of ability, achievement, acknowledgement, authority, I had lost everything in those areas, right? And so I was really being tested. And I decided, and it was in uh, middle of the season, I decided uh, to write an article exp- kind of sharing my experience with other people out there. And it was really, really hard to write. It was my first blog I had ever written in my entire life. And I decided to write it. And it was on my blog that I titled Thrive On Challenge, which ended up le- leading to me starting this business. Um, but I decided to write about that experience because I knew while I wasn't having the achievements, like we weren't winning a lot of games. I honestly wasn't even coaching the best when it came to technically and tactically I'd ever coached, right? I wasn't doing a great job there, honestly. Um, I definitely didn't have the acknowledgement when it came from the parents and the people in the community. Um, I was being highly criticized. And so I chose to write about the good things that were happening, my personal growth, and the growth that I saw in the young men that I was coaching. And when I wrote that article, I took incredible amounts of courage because I knew I was opening myself up to criticism of other people. Of well, who's this guy? Why would he write about this? He's a, he's got this four and seventeen record right now, right? Who does he think he is? That's what the record was, uh, four and seventeen. Four and seventeen at the time. So it was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. (laughs) And so it was, it, it was really hard to do it, but I did that, and the outpouring from other coaches was incredible. Like. Coaches were like, man, I'm I'm in this right now. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to you know stay the road, and I was able to actually connect with a lot of coaches, and they really appreciated it. And so I think that that was kind of my that that was a hinge moment for me. The cool part of that story is I wrote that in January, and a week later my team went on this amazing run, and we knocked off the number three team in the state, and you know all this other stuff. We had the validation and the other things that I really wasn't prioritizing the secondary things. Uh, and the cool thing was, in that whole process, those kids, those young men, didn't lose faith in the process, didn't lose faith in me or their each other. Their parents, many of their parents were, many of the people on the outside were, but those young men didn't. Um, and so I decided. Right, that, that was a big moment for me, you know. And so that, that's what kind of motivated me to start my business, thrive on challenge after I, after that kind of season.
1: I, I absolutely love it, man. I love the the fact of your hinge moment in. It involved other people, you know, it impacted so many other people there. What is, um, I mean, with with Thrive On Challenge in, in your book, what is it that, like if I'm a coach, I'm, I'm just looking, I mean, chances are I'm looking for strategy, I'm looking for tactics, I might even be looking for culture. But Why do I wanna pick up your book and delve into that, man? How am I gonna get better as a coach?
0: Yeah, so it offers some great information it offers some great strategy, some great principles, and I think it presents in a way that's entertaining, um, you know, as opposed to some other books out there as far as the nonfiction maybe being a little more dry. Um, it's a little bit more relatable for sure in that category. Uh, honestly, it is probably the closest thing to mentorship you can get from a book That still not mentorship, right? And that's at the core of my business is coaching mentorship. It's, it's walking with a coach on their journey, you know, and, and – and so this book is just kind of, it's kind of a companion on your journey of just kind of the offering this encouragement and seeing, like, like I said, my this is not just my story. This is the story of the coaches I talk to every night, uh, the winning coaches that are, you know, right now, 20 and three, and the coaches that are one and seven or three and, you know, it just it doesn't matter. Like this is the journey that we're all on, and it's offering support in that way, encouragement, not just principles and strategies, but uh, just really some of that encouragement from um, what other people have done to overcome those struggles.
1: I love it, man. You know, one of the questions I'll get asked probably about once a week, um, is, well, how how do you, how do you write your books? You know, and I'm very, very simple in terms of what I tell them, how I do it. What was, um, you know, a little bit behind the scenes off that, what was your strategy for actually writing? Like, how did you go about it?
0: Yeah, I just, um, I guess I spent a year and a half or so outlining the book and kind of researching it and just reading everything under the sun and taking extensive notes. That was the first part. And then I kind of, from that, scripted or outlined what this process of becoming a transformational leader, becoming a transformational coach, not a transactional one, but one that serves people, uh, not yourself, and what that looked like for me and what it looked like for other coaches out there And uh, what were the principles and strategies? And then I just, from there, that outline, I kind of came up with a storyline and my story kind of came largely from uh, the story of the book came largely from my story and my experiences and that of the coaches I was working with and talking with every day. Um, And so there's a lot of uh, correlations there. And from start to
1: finish, how, how, what was the length?
0: Initially it it was like crazy, crazy long, like 80,000 words over 300 pages. And now it's just, just a little over 200.
1: I meant, sorry, man. I meant in terms of like oh. when you started the concept of the book to when it was actually done.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, well, it's, it's funny because, you know, I say I spent a year and a half researching and outlining and then I spent from January 1, um, I wrote all the way till April 1st. April 1st, I finished my manuscript. Cool thing I did was I did like the Jerry Seinfeld uh, Jerry Seinfeld calendar trick where I put an X every day that I wrote and then also in that X, I'd put how many hours. And so I have actually charted from January 1 to April 1 how many hours I wrote. And then the editing of that with um, with my editor took uh, way longer than I thought it would. It took me all the way to September 1. Right. Wait, what's the Jerry Seinfeld calendar trick? I don't know that one. Okay, so yeah, that's a really cool thing. So Jerry Seinfeld, um, he had this thing where he was committed to writing one joke every day. didn't have to be a good joke. He just was, I'm going to write a joke. And if he wrote a joke on a note card, he put it in his little box and then he'd mark an X on the calendar. And the idea is you create a chain, right? You create a link of so many days in a row. And then you got like 20 days in a row, you don't want to break the chain, right? And so that day you're lacking motivation, it's just a little extra little kick in the butt like can't break the chain. And so you can do this for working out. You can do this for reading. That's a big suggestion I offer and give coaches is just to start those first habits, um, you know, which I think is the most one of the most important things um, is just to take one action, one step. Like you're not going to become a transformational leader or coach tomorrow, um, in, in a heartbeat. It's a never-ending process. Uh, we got to find that small action. And so this is a cool way, like I use for writing my book, and I use it for other things that I want to bring change about in my life.
1: I love it, brother. I love it, man. Share with us. Um, then where can people learn more about you? I'm going to put the links obviously in this podcast notes. But where can people learn more about you and and get a copy of the book, man?
0: Yeah, if you go to thriveonchallenge.com, uh, just thriveonchallenge.com. There, got links uh, to the book. I got a—you can d- get a free chapter download. Uh, just submit your email and subscribe to my weekly newsletter. It's just a short uh, newsletter with links to articles and tools for coaches on building their culture as well. Um, also, with the book, uh, I'll be releasing a PDF coaching guide. So, kind of a thing that helps coaches to find. Other resources that they can read, uh, various activities uh, and the PDF guide that you'll get, it'll outline all the activities that uh, the main character in the book ends up using to help grow as a coach and also build his culture.
1: Wow, Coach JP, I'm so glad you joined us here, man. Do you think that we could also put a link on there about that article that, that you wrote, that Hinge
0: Moment? Yeah, it's uh, called uh, My Guide to Losing. <laughs>
1: Perfect, man. I'll put and, that in the notes as well, man. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Coach JP, for joining us, brother. Absolutely, man. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit our website at DrRobBell.com.